day. We thank you, God. We honor you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, good to see everybody today. That, by the way, is the intro for this new series, and it's called Live That Love. And uh, I was just thinking about what I wanted to do with this series, and I took some post-it notes and wrote down those words, you know, uh, one after the other and slapped them down on my desk. And then we just decided, let's just go with that. Let's just make that the look and feel. And then somebody threw down some, uh, some feels beats for me. So anyway, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Centerpoint. And uh, if you're new with us, I'm John. I'm lead pastor here, and I'm glad that we could be experiencing God's presence together. And uh, I wanted to just start today by uh, sharing some personal excitement, I feel, about two particular growth points that we're experiencing together as a church body. And uh, one of the growth points has to do with what we get to be a part of in growing God's kingdom beyond our place here. And then one of those growth points has to do with uh, what God's doing with us here. And so at the end of the service, just before we leave, and I'm, when I'm done uh, with the message, we'll celebrate this, this, the first of those growth points, which is as we're growing God's kingdom beyond this place. So at the end of the message today, we're going to pray for Pastor James Franz, who is planting a church in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be commissioning him. It's exciting. And it's a growth point for us and our part in the kingdom of God. But uh, we, we also get to celebrate the growth point that God is allowing us to experience growth for his glory in our community and our team here. And so we are uh, rebuilding our team. And you've kind of noticed that. You've, you've noticed a new guy with the Hawaiian shirt up here, Pastor Rick. And I'm so grateful that he has officially stepped into the role of executive pastor with us as, uh, as something that I've been praying for for a long time. I'm excited about that. It's, it's excellent. Long needed. Another thing that maybe you wouldn't be aware of that we have needed is for some leadership, some powerful godly leadership in the area of our worship and our production and our communications. With a group our size, there's a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff that needs attention and leadership and direction. And about three months ago, I began praying, God, I need some help. A lot of us are covering a whole bunch of extra to try to get things done, but things are falling through the cracks and we're not doing our best in all those areas. And I'm praying, God, would you allow us to find somebody who would be a godly leader and a competent leader and somebody with expertise in, uh, in production and communications and worship. And God, would you allow this person to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And God, would you allow this person uh, to have lots of experience and bring a heart for your house? And God, I'm basically asking for a unicorn, but could you bring it, right? That's what I'm praying for. And uh, uh, I'm excited that in just a moment, I'm going to introduce to you uh, Brenda Palmer, who's joining our team. And here's what happened. I I'm praying three, four months ago, and, and God connected me with Brenda. And, and it just so happens, she was the head of production at a church called the Potter's House One in L.A. And uh, as head of production, she had a, you know, a bachelor's degree in mass communications, thank you, Lord. And then a master's degree in production, thank you, Lord. And a history with worship. And was a pastor's kid and is full of the Holy Spirit and is a godly, competent leader. And I'm so excited to introduce you. Come on up, Brenda. I'm excited to introduce you to Brenda Palmer. 
Come on up, Brenda. Okay, everybody. This is Brenda Palmer. Hi, Centerpoint family. Hey. Yeah. And I'm excited that she's here. And I am so grateful whenever we get to receive a new leader. But Brenda's joining our senior leadership team and coming alongside of Ann and I and the others to, to seek God's heart for this house and what we're doing together. And I prayed for somebody. I, pray, I put the bar really high and the Lord just said, boom, here you go, Brenda, my daughter. And so, Brenda, thank you for being a part of what God's doing here. I, I want to ask for just a moment if you could just share your heart a little bit about uh, what you feel like God's saying to you as you're just starting this journey with us at Centerpoint. Okay, yeah, no. Um, first of all, I'm grateful and I'm honored to be here. It's really interesting. This morning I was reading uh, John 15, and it talks about how, you know, Jesus made us, transitioned us from servants to friends. Mm. And when you say, I was praying for this, and then God connected us, and it also says in 15, 16, that what you ask in the name of the Father, he'll give it to Come you. On. And so <laughs> I feel like I am excited to be a part of a house who has friends, who are friends of yes. God. And so yes. I love being here. I've only been here for two weeks, and I was telling the 5 o'clock service yesterday that I know that everyone here at Centerpoint is disciples of Jesus because of how they have loved on me Come since on. I've been here. I feel a part of the family, and I am honored to serve you, Pastor John, in the house of Centerpoint Church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So when, when we receive a new leader in our family like this, what's important for each of us is to... Uh, Say, yes, Lord. Yes, God. Uh, and I want us to take a moment and pray for Brenda and kind of commission her as she's just getting her start. So come here for a second. Let's pray. God, thank you for this sister and God for bringing her here to be a part of what you're doing at Centerpoint. And together, Lord, we say thank you, God, for Brenda, for bringing somebody with the kind of godly, spirit-filled heart and character and the expertise and experience that can help us grow and really reach into our community and our world even more. And so, Lord, we together commission her uh, to step into this work in this place with your power and your favor and your protection, God. Thank you for the calling in ministry that's on Brenda's life. And we say yes and amen to how we're going to see that grow and develop. Thank you for her gift to this body in Jesus' name. And we all shout together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brenda. Yeah. Exciting. All right. So we are starting a, a new series today called Live That Love. And I, I, want, I want you to get your Bible open and turn to the book of 1 John. And it's in the back of the Bible, so you kind of head towards Revelation. If you hit Revelation, turn left and back it up. We're going to take a month and a half or so to go through this book of the Bible together. And if you haven't gone through one book of the Bible in depth recently, I want you to have a chance to do that. We're going to do that together. Let me just say from the get-go, though, there's no way in any one sermon all the things that could be explored in any section of the Bible can, can all be covered. So it's on you, just as much as it's on whoever's preaching, uh, to do the digging into the Word of God. And I want us to be people who know the Word of God and who get into the Word of God together. So you bring your Bible or you get your Bible app on your phone and you say, all right, we're going to dive deep into John First uh, John, and we're going to make something uh, beautiful in our understanding of the Lord and his word. This is, uh, this is a book that even though it's only maybe three or four pages, however it's printed on your printed Bible, it carries a lot of weight. And at the core of this book is this word love. And it comes through 52 times in four or, you know, three or four short pages, depending on your Bible. 
And, and it's because God has a passion to see that his people would first and foremost receive his love and be changed by his love and then be conduits of his love flowing through us. And for those of us who are like, wait a minute, why, why don't you start coming down hard on somebody? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we will, but maybe if we, we should first start with the word of God saying, love, bring my love, bring my love. So live that love uh, through the book of 1 John is going to help us to do just that. So uh, as you're turning there to 1 John, here's kind of the backstory. It's called 1 John, and you would think, all right, it must be written by the apostle John who wrote the gospel of John. But as you start doing a little bit of digging, what you find is that it's likely to have been written by a disciple of John. Even when we get into the, the Bible and you start reading in 1 John, it uses this language. It says, we proclaim to you. You'll see it in a minute. But even from the beginning, it, the way it comes across is we, not necessarily just John. And the reason for that is that it's likely to be something like this. We don't know exactly, but it's likely to be John the apostle who wrote the gospel of John, you know, 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but find everlasting life. That John who wrote that. And then that John who wrote the book of Revelation. It's like as though John did this and, and then shepherded God's people and then went to Greece and the Isle of Patmos and received the book of Revelation. And after that, spent time with his disciples, people who he was discipling. And then what we find in 1 John is that those are the ones who are writing with his heart and on his behalf. It, this, is, this is a guess because the, the Bible itself doesn't say this was written by John. It, it has a tradition that we, we hear about, but it starts with a we. So we know that there's a little more to it than that it was written by John. But for the rest of the series, we're just going to refer to the writer as John. You good with that? Yeah, okay, so we're going we're gonna to jump there in just a moment. But the essence of this section of the Bible is, uh, is about the love of God and the power of the love of God to change something. How many know that love can change things? Love can change things. Like, for example, so we, about four years ago, uh, Ann and I wanted to move from uh, the, the east side of town to the west side of town. And so four years ago, we were going to try to make that move, and uh, a, a friend of ours said, hey, you want to find a deal, right, because you're trying to get the best value you can. She said, you need to find the jankiest house you can in the best neighborhood. That was her advice. Find the jankiest house you can in the best neighborhood. So we were on a mission, and we succeeded. We found the jankiest house in the, in the best neighborhood that we could in that, in that value point. And so here's what I'm talking about. We went in there, and this place, I mean, it had been torn up. I mean, the, there's cat pee stains on the walls. All the builder basic linoleum is peeling up. Up and burnt, and uh, there's holes in the walls. Some of the doors of the closets and bedrooms are just gone, just missing. And 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 the and there's uh, you know carpet that's peeling up. Looks like it has been formed into a wave. It's so old. And 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 this place needed some love, right? And we it was so janky that when we brought our children over to see the place, they were asking why, why, why would you do this to us? Why why do you hate us? You know, like it was it was much uh, much bigger. But it was it was it was janky, and they knew it. They could see it that way. But what what Ann and I were seeing as we were looking at this place was was what it could look like if we could put some love into it. You know what I'm talking about? So we made the purchase, and when we made that purchase, it came with a commitment that we had to put the love into it that was going to make it amazing. 
We made the purchase knowing that we would need to take it, that house through this process of putting some love into it so it could become what we were imagining. And, and that's exactly what we did. We were able to take that jankiest house and turn it into something uh, pretty nice because of uh, a little bit of love. And, and a little bit of love goes a long way. And so in this, uh, in this uh, message, uh, I, I wanted to tell you that it's the truth. God has made a purchase. And he has also made a commitment to a process of pouring his love, his transforming love into your life. God has made a purchase, and, and, and he looked at you when you were in your janky state. Okay, the Bible might call it sinful state. But he did so knowing that he was committed to the process of transforming you by the power of his love. And guess what? He isn't done yet. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, he isn't done with you yet. Mm. He isn't done with you yet. You know, this language, I was inspired by the work of Colin Smith in, in, in his writing uh, on this uncovering the Bible with this language of the purchase and the process. And, and I wanted to, to share with you this message, and that's my title, The Purchase and the Process. And, and my God did this. It says in Ephesians 1.7 that he was so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He made the purchase. We find in Psalm 111 verse 9 that he paid the full ransom for his people. We find in Revelation 5, 9 that God purchased people from every language, tribe, and tongue, and it's including you. He made the purchase, and he's committed to the process of changing you by his love. And listen, I know what happens. We think about this and we think, that's right, all those other people over there, they need to be changed. That person, those people with those problems, they definitely need to be changed. Me, I'm good with my pride. Oh. So let's not go there, right? Let's make sure that we are planting ourselves firmly in the place where we know that we get to be the recipients of his transformative love. And, and yes, maybe there's other people who need that too, but that's not your concern, right? Your concern is what God wants to do with you. And so let's, let's jump into this scripture in 1 John. So 1 John, we're jumping in now. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. We proclaim to you. There it is, right from the start. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard him so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things that you may fully share our joy. Somebody say, fully share our joy. There is an ability to experience a fullness of joy about your spiritual life in Christ. And I think that maybe for some of us, we might need to acknowledge that we need to enter more fully into that joy. 
there may be some room for some of us to enter more deeply and fully into that joy of the Lord. Like we're there, but maybe we're not there there. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like this. A, a, a couple months ago, we, uh, Anna and I got to take a trip to Hawaii. And, and we were so looking forward to it, couldn't wait to go. And the plane landed in Oahu. And, uh, and then the plane taxied up to the, the, the whatever you call the thing. And, and we're walking you know, down the jetway. And then uh, we, we, we're thinking to ourselves, we're here. We're, we're there. We're, we're in Hawaii. But then we're walking through this like mile-long, strange outdoor corridor that just seemed to never end. And then we're having to wait in line after line of like these strange COVID certification rituals of some kind or another. Right? <laughs> and, 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 and on one hand, uh, we were there. We were in Hawaii. But how many know that's not the point of Hawaii, right? We were there, but we weren't there there. Like the point of being in Hawaii came later that night when uh, we finally got to the, the place and went down to the beach and I'm putting my toes in that nice squishy sand and feeling that warm Pacific Island water. That was the point of being there, right? That was there, there. I think what the scriptures are saying here is there's a there, there that, that you really want to make sure you're you're experiencing, that you're heading towards. And it's the point of the gospel. The point of the gospel isn't just that you would go to heaven when you die and not go to hell. That is part of the gospel, that you would go to heaven when you die and not go to hell. And believe me, you want to accept God's invitation for that. But that in and of itself isn't the point. That is part of what we understand to be the gospel. But what I think John is saying here is that the point of the gospel in this life is that you would be able to live in and experience fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Fellowship with God. First John 1 John 1.3. I want you to say this one out loud with me. And I think I botched it when I was reading it before. So it gives us a chance for a redo. 1 John 1.3. Say it with me. Go. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. So that you may have fellowship with us. The next one. Say it nice and strong. Go. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing this to you, inspired by Holy Spirit who wants what's very best for us. We're writing this to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. God wants for you and me to experience fellowship with him. Real fellowship with him. It's this word, fellowship, that, that has, it conveys a sense of, of, of being partners together, of having a connection with each other, of enjoying a friendship with one another, of really knowing each other, of being able to hang out with each other. Like that's what that word really includes. And the word of God is saying, yes, and our fellowship is with God the Father and his son Jesus Christ. Not our slave ship where we're checking boxes to try to make sure that we've appeased the great and terrible one, 
But no, our fellowship is with God the Father and his son Jesus Christ. It's a picture of what God wants for you and I to be able to experience a closeness with him, a knowing him, a being together with him. Speaking of, of fellowship, here's a picture of it. So that trip to Hawaii, we, we got to take that trip with some friends. And so we experienced fellowship together. What that looked like is, you know, one night we're, we're piling into vehicles and driving halfway across the island to find some amazing chicken restaurant. And it turned out to be like the Hawaii version of El Pollo Loco. But that was all right because we were hanging out together, right? We were having fun. <laughs> and we were, we were having fellowship with each other. And it meant we were just kind of hanging out, learning a new card game and, and chilling and relaxing, not trying to prove anything to each other. It meant we were, we were, uh, we were just laughing and telling stupid jokes and it meant we were going on some adventures together and just enjoying each other's company and getting to know each other a little bit better. That's fellowship. And, and you know what? The scripture is saying, we are writing this to you. Uh, Holy Spirit inspiring this. We are writing this to you so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with our Father in heaven and his son Jesus Christ. I believe what God is inviting you into is into a spiritual life where you are embracing your fellowship with the Father. That you can abandon your pursuit of trying to prove yourself and earn something from him. You can just give that up and instead embrace your fellowship with God. Your, your life in the spirit is meant to include you being somebody who's able to just relax with your heavenly father, hear the sound of his voice, get to know him better, be known better by him, hear what he has to say, even just sometimes kick back and laugh with him. Because you know the scripture says that he sits in heaven and laughs. Wouldn't you like to join him in a moment like that? You can. Embrace your fellowship with God. I think that's what this Bible verse is calling us to, to be people who do that. It's the main idea of my message. It's just simply this. I embrace my fellowship with God and the love and the forgiveness that flow from God. That's the main idea. I want you to say it with me. I embrace my fellowship. One more time. Let's say it again. Ready? I embrace my fellowship with God and the love and forgiveness that flow from God. That's the main idea of this message right from this passage of scripture that we're looking at together today. Our fellowship with God. It said, I'm writing this to you that you may fully share our joy. And for some of us, maybe the reason why we haven't been experiencing the joy of God in our lives is because we're not really entering into the fellowship with him that he invites us into. That just knowing him, that just being with him, that just being able to relax in his presence and knowing that he... He deeply cares for us. This is part of what God's calling us to. And can I just describe to you, I'll just get a little bit personal for a minute. Here's what embracing my fellowship with God looks like for me. For me personally, embracing my fellowship with God looks like when I get up in the morning, uh, most days anyway, first thing I do after getting a cup of coffee is I just sit down. I get up earlier than I would normally need to just so that I can have this time. And, and I just sit in God's presence, and I'm not trying to do anything to perform anything for him. I'm just sitting in God's presence, and my heart is saying uh, to God, God, I love you. just want to start my day by saying, I love you, God. And then I'm just listening, and I get the sense that God is saying, I love you too, son. And my fellowship with God includes me just saying, God, I, I want to I know what your heart is for me today. 
And then just listening. And I bust open a journal and I just write down what I sense God might be saying. I'm not trying to write a whole book about it, just a, a line or two. And what I sense my father saying, hey, today here's something to be on the lookout for. Hey, today here's something to get ready to speak to somebody. Hey, today here's the inner disposition I hope you'll walk with. Right? And so my, my fellowship with God includes that. And then my fellowship with God includes getting into his word. And, and so lately, and, and it's ebbs and flows, different types of approaching God's word. But lately, I, I've needed the gentleness of my God. And so instead of having a rigorous, I have, to, I have to read all 10 chapters and check the box kind of thing, I'm just sitting and saying, hey, God, what, what scriptures do you want me to start reading today? That's all. And I'll just listen. Oh, John 15. Oh, Proverbs 9. Oh, Psalm 111. <laughs> And I'll just write down those addresses. And then I'll just take the next 10, 15 minutes and go read them. And every single time, without fail, it's like right there in the middle of that chapter was boom, what I needed big time, right? And so he's just speaking to me and saying, you see that I've got you, right? You, you see that I know what you're dealing with, right? Here's my heart for you through my word. Th this moment, this is me just embracing my fellowship with God. And, and then I'm, I'm moving into that fellowship with God where I'm beginning to say, hey, Father, can I talk to you about some people in my life that I really care about and that they're hurting and they got stuff going on. And we just talk together about, God, would you touch this one with their, with their cancer and, and heal them? And God, would you come through over here, this, this friend who's dealing with a divorce? And, and then God, uh, can, I, can I speak to you about some of the garbage that's hurting me right now? Bring it on, son, <laughs> right? And there's that moment of embracing my fellowship with God. And then my embracing of my fellowship with God and the love and forgiveness that flow from God also always includes this. Father, can I confess my sin to you? Father, can I confess my sin to you? Father, I confess that I have sinned before you by embracing lust in my mind. Father, I confess that I've sinned before you by the bitterness that I've been holding against this person. Father, I confess the sin that I have by, by being apathetic in my marriage. Father, I confess, and I'm not making these things up as though they apply to somebody else. I'm talking about me this week, every day. I'm going to confess my sin because I want to embrace my fellowship with my God and the love and forgiveness that flow from God. But it takes a moment like that. I got to keep reading. First John, we keep reading in verse 5. And that's where this comes from. It says in verse 5, this is the message that we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. And there's no darkness in him at all. So... We're lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So 
it's clear, right? The, the love of God is not willing to ignore the things that would get in the way of our experience of the fullness of his fellowship. In the love of God, he's not willing to not address the stuff that gets in the way. Do you hear me? Because of the love of God, he's, he's, he's willing to go there and gives us a place and a way also to go there with him to ask for his forgiveness, to ask for his covering. But what it requires is an acknowledgement on our part that what he says is the truth and that he gets to say, this is what goes and this isn't. <laughs> Why? Because he's the one who made the purchase and he's the one who followed it up with a commitment to take us through the process of pouring in his love that would change us. Okay, so back to the janky house. So four years ago, and I'm so grateful that, it, that we were able to make that purchase four years ago because <laughs> now you got to be a millionaire to be able to buy a tract home in Marietta. Anyway, but so, so we, we, were, we were looking at this place and all of this mess, but we had eyes of love for what it could be uh, if we would put that love into it. And one of the things about that house that made it the jankiest of all was the backyard. The backyard, it was no backyard. It was a dirt pit. It was a pit of mud and mud and more mud and weeds. Oh, and there was one treasure that the former owner left there for us. It was three 50-gallon trash cans full to the brim and piled over with dog poop. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> we, yeah, talk about a process. <laughs> so, and maybe or maybe not, but maybe just maybe that could be a picture of what's going on in some of our lives, right? Where there's just, the, there may be some things that need to be dealt with, but the one who made the purchase is willing. <laughs> I made the purchase. I was willing to take this house through the process, including that backyard. And, and you know what? It, it took a while. It took a while to deal with all this stuff and break up this weird peach-colored, cracked, old, strange concrete pad that was just right in the middle of the mud pit. It, it took some time to, to go through all of those weeds and pull them out. It took some time to, to create a plan and then put it into place. But a couple of few years later, check it out. We got a backyard right now that I'm kind of, well, this is just one little corner of it, but I'm kind of proud of it. Like, I, yeah, I did that work. Yes, I put all of those plants in and irrigation, and I put the stones in truckload after truckload in my own truck. I, I did that. I'm, I'm pleased with it. And I was willing to do it. I made the purchase, and I was willing to pour in the love that would let that process bring about something good. I mean, right there in the middle, I mean, we got that yellow flower. I mean, that's like hibiscus. That's like Hawaii right in my backyard. I don't even need to go to the Oahu Airport weirdness. Anyway, that, that was a reflection really of, of the love that we were willing to pour in in a process that took some time because we made the purchase. And I'm just telling you that your heavenly father stands ready at every moment to pour in the love, to keep moving with you in a process of transforming you, to be more like that, to reflect his glory. But it's, it's gonna require a willingness on your part uh, to deal with all of the things, right? So uh, we, we, we made that part look really good, and we did a lot of work there, but, uh, but then there was this one section over on the side of the house that we just never got around to. We just didn't get to it, and that's yesterday. I took that picture yesterday. That's, that's yesterday. That is my shame for all to see. <laughs> it's totally embarrassing, but I needed to share this as an illustration, right? So, so we did all of the rest of the yard, 
We pulled all those weeds. We did all that work. But this section we just couldn't get to, didn't have the time, or maybe didn't want to, or we're a little lazy, or I maybe just said to myself, listen, it's the side yard. Nobody's really going to see it, and it's okay. And, and then I was like, but what if friends come over? I don't want them to see. So you know what I did? I built a fence right there, right there. I did. I built that myself. I built that fence to cover up the weeds that I didn't want anyone to see. You know what I'm talking about. You know what's interesting though? Like if you came to my house at night, I could take you out into the backyard and take you around to the side. And in the dark, you wouldn't even notice. You wouldn't see. You'd be like, oh, nice side yard. Okay, nice side yard. And walk right on through. Why? Because in the dark, you wouldn't even see the weeds. And I think when, when we hear this, if we can hear this, what the scriptures are saying is, yeah, if somebody's living in the dark, they're not even going to notice the weeds of sin. They don't even, or they're not even evident as sin. It's only when you come into the light that the light begins to shine and say, that, that's, yeah, that's got to go. That's the weed of sin, and it's growing. I want you to see this, John 1.7. Uh, I want you to read John 1.7 out loud with me. Ready, go. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Everybody say cleanses. Cleanses. As in present tense. As in Right here, right now, to this very day, cleanses. That gives me a lot of hope. That, that God's aware that there's going to be a need for a present cleansing that can happen at every moment in my life. And he's willing to. He made the purchase. And he's willing to follow it up by pouring in the love in the process. But part of that includes pulling out the weeds. Y'all can't hear me very well? Let me grab this one and hopefully it'll work better. Okay, so we're talking about pulling out the weeds. But we've got to be willing to recognize the weeds for what they are. And the scripture is the word of God. And it is God's heart. And he gets to reveal what the standard is. He gets to say, this is what is a weed and this is what is a flower. He gets to. He is the one who authored life itself. And so we get to submit ourselves under his word and say, yes, God, you get to say what would be a weed of sin in my life. And so you go and you read something like 1 Corinthians 5 and 6, which starts out with the spiritual pride of spiritual arrogance and goes all the way to sexual perversion of every kind. And all of that and everything in between. Like God, and God says, that's right. I get to define what is and isn't a weed. And here you go. And when we find out what the weeds are, then we get to go to work pulling them. We don't look at our weeds and say, oh, that's a cute. I think it's a cute little weed. Look at that nice little yellow flower. No. We say, God, you've spoken. And even though I, I kind of got used to that, that weed over there, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have to stay. In fact, if it stays, it would end up getting in the way. It would be like those six-foot-tall weeds on the side of my house right now. And we, we let that grow in, in our lives, the weeds of sin. And God's going, man, I, I, can, I can't even really see you through these weeds of sin. And, and it's time for us, I think, to be able to recognize our need to submit ourselves to God and his word. 
and let him do the cleansing. It takes some humility to be able to admit whatever would be sin and saying, God, would you forgive me? God, would you cleanse me? But this is what we get to do. We get to go through a process of figuring out what is a weed and what isn't. A couple years ago, I sent my son, one of my kids, into the backyard with a task. I said, I want you to go out there and pull all the weeds. And he went out into the backyard and, and he started pulling out the weeds. Then I looked out and I saw what he was doing and I had to go, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Why? Because he was out there pulling out my flowers. I mean, but to his credit, like, look, look at this picture for a second. The, the reality is this picture, we got, you know, there's the lilies and then on the right there's the yucca and then the middle, that's a weed. It's weed. But if you didn't really know, you wouldn't know that that was a weed and you wouldn't know which one to pull. In fact, the one on the right, it looks kind of ugly right now. But it, it's a yucca. Well, that was a, a, a couple months ago. But, but it grows this beautiful pink flower. It looked kind of yucky. You wouldn't, maybe you're like, I don't know if I like that. But that's actually the plant. The one in the middle is the weed. And, and it takes some learning. You can take that down. But it takes some learning in our lives. Learning the word of God. Learning what his parameters are. To begin to be able to distinguish this you know what? This is where the line is. And this is over here. And so I'm not going to be okay with it. I'm not going to keep going down that path. I'm pulling it. This is something I hope we'd take to heart. And when we find the weeds growing inside of us, this is what we need to do. We need to confess our sin. And we do so based on the promise that we just read in verse 9. Let me throw that back up for you, but let me put it in a personal way. I just changed the verse to make it personalized. And I want you to uh, hear it this way. It's the same verse but personalized. But I confess, if I confess my sin to you, you are faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all wickedness. That's a promise. I want you to say it out loud with me. Ready? Go. But if I confess my sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me from all wickedness. You know what this really is? It's about receiving the love of God. Because when I've got weeds of sin growing in my life, they're getting in the way of my experience of fellowship with him. And when I confess my sin, have the humility to say, God, what you say is the standard. And I submit to it. And therefore, here's where I've missed it. I confess my sin to you. You know what he does? He does exactly what his word promised he would do. He is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins. When you feel the forgiving flow of the mercy of God on your life, you get filled up with his love. And then you can enter into whatever you've got to do with a new kind of strength. He made the purchase. He's committed to taking you through the process of pouring in his love. Yours is to embrace the fellowship with God and the love and forgiveness that flow from God. But let's make sure we've got the humility to say, God, I'm asking for it. I'm confessing my sin to you. And by the way, this isn't something that's just like, oh, once in a while when things really get bad. This is daily. I mean, for me, anyway, it is. Maybe some of y'all have arrived better than me, but for me, it's daily. God, I confess my sin to you. I confess the, the sin that has been lurking in my heart or that has been showing up in my deeds or that has been evident in my lack thereof, right? Like all of that. We confess it. Why? So that we can feel the freedom that he bought for us 
in the gift of salvation so that we're free and ready to receive the shower of his love on our lives that lets us grow in strength. Don't you want that? Somebody say amen. Come on. This is what we're made for. It's what he wants for us, but we need to step into it. Let me keep reading, though, in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. I just got to keep going. It said, because it's the same topic, even though it has a new chapter number. It said, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. Don't you know that's God's heart for us? This is the inspired word of God. And his view is, my child, it is better for you by far if you would simply not sin. It just is. And he says, we write this so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we do have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person's a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. And that is how we know that we're living in him. Those who say they live in God should first live their lives as Jesus did. You know what this part of the scripture is pointing out to us? That when it comes to sin, we have an incredible capacity for self-deception. We really do. We have an ability to deceive ourselves and say, hey, listen, it's not that bad. And besides, it's because of this. And, and also it's because of them. And it's because of this other thing. And, and we kind of just deceive ourselves into saying and thinking, it's fine. It's fine. I'll do whatever I want. What we're really saying is, God, you're a liar. Your standard doesn't, isn't really the truth. Mine is. That's not a good place to stand. Better place to stand is, God, I confess my sin to you. Would you forgive me? And he forgives me. And he rewires things inside of me along the way with the power of his love. It's what you're made for. That's the truth of who you're really meant to be. And again, it comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, one more time, it said about Jesus, he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. You get your right standing at the cross of Jesus Christ, and you keep your right standing with God at the very same place, at the cross of Jesus Christ. If you ever wonder, am I right with God? You only need to look at the cross and ask yourself, what is my response to what he's done? Have I received the work that Jesus has done on my behalf in his death on the cross? Or have I ignored it and said, I don't know, that's for somebody else. Because you want to be right with God? You want to embrace fellowship with God and the love and forgiveness that flows from God? It's right there at the cross. So for somebody, if you're a believer right now, I'm asking you to just picture yourself standing before the cross of Jesus Christ and saying, yes, God, I receive it all. All of the forgiveness, all of the new identity, the new sense of who I am, all of your mercy, all of your strength, all of your power, all of your promises. Just picture yourself standing before the cross of Jesus Christ and there's blood dripping from his hands and from his side. And if he glanced at you, his eyes are full of compassion for you. And it's as though he's saying, because I love you, I'm doing this for you. And you're standing before the cross of Jesus and you just simply say, yes, Lord, I receive it all, all that you've done for me, all that you've won for me, all that you've purchased for me. And I present myself to you now and say, take me through the process of sanctification, of making me new, more like you, more strong in you, more filled with the power of your love. 
Yes, Lord, I receive all that you have for me. Why don't you just picture yourself right now standing before the cross of Jesus. Just maybe you could close your eyes for a second as you do this. God, I, I, here we are. We're not pointing fingers at a bunch of other people in this moment. We're just simply ourselves coming before you. And we, we imagine ourselves right now just kneeling before you at the foot of the cross. And if we, if we were to look up, we could just we see you. We see the blood pouring out from your side and from your hands and from your feet. We see the crown of thorns. We, we catch that glimpse from your eye, full of compassion. Thank you, Lord. And in this moment, we, we confess our sins. We confess how much we need your mercy and we embrace it. We embrace the fellowship that we have with you, God. And the love and the mercy and forgiveness that flow from you, God. Now, picture yourself getting up as you've, just imagine it, right? Picture yourself getting up as you've, you've knelt at the foot of the cross. You've received all of his goodness, his love, and his forgiveness. And now picture yourself standing up and then kind of turning around and facing the world. Whatever your world is, your job your situation, your struggle, your problem, your, your deal with your kids, whatever it is. But can't you feel yourself looking at that now with a different kind of strength, a different kind of fullness, a different kind of confidence knowing I'm right with God. I've received his forgiveness and love and I'm ready. When you live from a place of fellowship with God, that includes all that we were just talking about. You get to show up to the world that you enter into every single day more filled with the strength and power that your faith in him brings your way. Live this. So let's keep praying for a moment. God, I pray right now that you would bring your, uh, your spirit right now to activate somebody's heart, to finally confess the sin that needs to be confessed and to say yes once and for all to Jesus Christ. And so while we're praying together, as, as we've been in God's word, some of us have felt a, something that uh, the Bible would call conviction. You've felt something inside and at first it almost feels like I'm ashamed. What God wants is for you to actually be set free from that shame. But that sense of I feel ashamed, I feel guilty, let that right now drive you to the place where you're going to find freedom. And that's at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. If you're feeling that and you're saying, I, I need to be right with God. Either you've never said yes to Jesus or you've slidden so far back and away from him that you need to rededicate your life to him right now. And, and if that's you, if you would say, I, I need to do that. I, I, I think I've been playing a religious game for a long time. And I need the real life that's in Jesus Christ. And I need to confess my sin and ask him to forgive my sin. And I need to turn from that and turn to Jesus. If that's you right now, if you would say, I need to say yes to Jesus. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die and not going to hell. And I also want to live a different kind of life in the here and now that comes from 
the power of the love of God in fellowship with him. If you're saying, I need that, I want that, I want that kind of life, I want the forgiveness and freedom and love that you're talking about. If you're saying today, I want to say yes once and for all to this gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Nobody else can do this for you. This is your own, your own thing. You say yes to God. No one can say your yes to God for you. And so in this moment, if you would be honest in this moment and say, I don't know if I'm right with God, but I want to be, then here's what you need to do. You need to turn to Jesus here and now today. And so while we're praying together, if you, you would say, I want to say yes to Jesus and ask him to forgive my sins and save my life. Right now, I want you to raise your hand. Right now, raise it up high with me and keep it up. Right there in the middle, in the back, both of you I see. In the far back up at the top, I see you. Just keep it up for a moment. I want to make sure I connect with you. Brother, in the back on my left, thank you. Keep your hand up. And anyone else, this is your moment to finally say yes to Jesus. Over in my right in the back, thank you. Now, no one else can say your yes to Jesus. And you raising your hand is part of it. But right now, I want to ask you, if you just wouldn't mind, uh, would you stand up, those of you, and come up to the front? Those of you who just raised a hand, I want you to come up to the front. Just come right over here. You can clap for them. Come right over here. Right up front. You come right over here. Right over here. Come on. Come on. Come on down. If there's anyone else, I don't want to miss you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for just standing right where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I recognize uh, some of you are here because you're praying with, and others of you are here. You're here because you're saying yes to Jesus, and, and you've just decided, I'm not playing games anymore. I need, I need the real life that comes from a faith in Jesus. Those of you who are saying, I need to say yes to Jesus, you make sure to come right up front, right up here. Uh, and those who are praying, you stand a little behind them. Come on up. That's right. Okay. Young man, that's great. Okay. Brother, what's your name? Uh, Zach. Zach, in Jesus' name, I declare the power of God over you to set you free. And, and I declare over you this, this picture that I, uh, that I see in my mind's eyes, like there's this brick wall and it just burst, it like literally burst in a million pieces and you came flying out. And, it, and it's like what you thought was impossible. God is saying, it's, it's more than possible with me. I'm busting you out. I'm setting you free. And everything is new. It's like you enter into a new territory because of this uh, yes to Jesus. What's your name, brother? Matthew. Matthew. Thank you, Lord, for Matthew. Thank you for his life, God. Thank you for the strength you've placed in him, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see this, uh, this picture in my mind of a, of, a, of a train, a locomotive. And it's like you're the conductor on that locomotive. And it's a picture to me of the fact that God has designed you to take people places. That, that you, you have so much more that God wants to accomplish in and through you. And it, and it changes today because of this yes to Jesus. That, that you, you are worthy of the uniform. You are worthy of that badge of authority. You are. So Father, I pray your blessing over my brother, that he would be able to rise up into that place of strength where he's taken people places, exercising the leadership that you've made him for. Thank you, God, that you've spoken in this moment that you've made him worthy of the, the badge, so to speak, worthy of the authority that you're giving him. 
So set him free. Bring him to that place, God, where he can be all you've made him to be. In Jesus' name. What's your name, young man? Maverick. Maverick. Thank you, Lord, for Maverick, Maverick's life, God. Thank you that as, as, a young, as a young guy, he's finally, he's just saying yes to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Maverick, God. Pour your spirit into his life. Pour your spirit into him, God. Thank you, Lord, for Maverick. Thank you, Lord, for Maverick. Yeah, so Maverick, when I'm praying for you, I see this picture of a hot air balloon rising up, like the ones you see over in Temecula. And it's like, this is what I feel like God is saying, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Maverick on a journey where he's gonna just rise up so high. And from a vantage point with the presence of God, you're gonna be able to see things from a great distance and you're gonna be able to see the whole picture. Because of your faith in Jesus, he's gonna raise you up. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Who else is coming up because you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, brother? Jesse. Jesse, you're saying yes to Jesus. You're already wearing a vest and they're here to help Lanyard. Sometimes it works that way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for Jesse. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his physical body, his mental clarity. God, thank you for uh, surrounding him with brothers that will love him. And, Lord, right now we pray that you would keep on bringing Jesse into more and more of the freedom that you have for all those who are the sons and daughters of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is what I see when I'm praying for you. I see something that looks like, I don't know, like, like an artist back in Michelangelo's day with the chisel and, and a hammer and just kind of, and it's like a picture of this is what God is wanting to do for you, to keep chipping off some things that he's chipping off, but it's because he's forming this beautiful representation of who he is and what he wants to show the world, and he's going to do it through you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So all of you who are saying yes to Jesus, right now, right here, let this be an altar. This is an altar. This is you saying, I lay down my life. And right now in this moment, I want each of you to simply say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Say it with me. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Just say this, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm yours forever. Thank you for loving me. And say this again, thank you for loving me. Say that again, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for setting me free. Jesus, I'm yours. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hold on one second. Brother, what, your name? Dean. E e e Dean. Dean. Thank you, Lord, for Dean's life. I thank you for Dean. Thank you, Lord, for who he is and what he represents and what he desires. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for Dean. I, I saw this picture of you right now just uh, sleeping and tossing and turning as you're sleeping. And the dreams that you were having were, uh, were troubling kinds of dreams. But then I saw you just turn and lie on your back sleeping and it was like as though the dream totally shifted and it, it's dreams of goodness dreams of beauty dreams of glory dreams of something amazing and and i believe right now god is waking you up from that dream and saying now let's go do that 
Let's go do that. Let's go walk into the dream that you have for the kind of dad you want to be. The dream you have for the kind of boss you hope to be one day. The dreams that you have for the, the kind of new legacy for your family that you want to deposit into them. I bless you, brother, to rise up into that in Jesus' name. To step into that, that, that awakening into the good dreams that God has for you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you just celebrate everybody? You guys can go back to your seat. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And now Pastor James Franz, can you come up here? Pastor James. So we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap up in just a moment, but Pastor James is heading out to Nashville, Tennessee to plant a church called Champion Church. And so today we're commissioning Pastor James. We have the privilege of this being a growth point for us at Center Point Church as we get to participate in the kingdom of God growing beyond here in Nashville, Tennessee. And you've been very generous, church, so that we get to send him uh, uh, with, with pockets ready, in a sense. Not that there's more to go, but well done on that front. I want to say that. But uh, we want to pray for you, James, and commission you. You've blessed us as a church in how you've served the Lord among us. You've demonstrated God's faithfulness, goodness, and love to us as a shepherd. And we bless you in this launching into what God has for you now. So let's take a moment and pray. And I want several of you who know James uh, to come up here. A few of the ministry team leaders, you come up here and you circle him up. Circle him up. Circle around him. Uh, if you can get close enough, you lay a hand on him. Uh, if you uh, can't, if you just extend a hand and let's take a moment and commission him. James, I want you to look around this circle behind you and then the hands extended towards you from others. And I want you to just recognize that you are loved, brother. And as you launch out from Centerpoint Church in a couple of weeks going to Nashville, Tennessee to plant Champion Church, you are launched from a place of love. We believe in you. We believe in the dream that God has stirred up in you. We bless you to receive power from the presence of God. We bless you to experience protection in the spiritual realm from every demonic assault. We bless you to receive the provision you need each step of the way. We bless you to encounter the man of peace that would be the person that would say, I'm with you, I just met you, but I'm gonna do this with you. And I got a place for you. And let me introduce you to some more people. And we just bless you in Jesus' name with such favor. And we bless you, brother, with boldness that you will preach the gospel. Every, you will go into street corners, into cafes, into restaurants, into clubs. You will go and you will share the hope of Jesus Christ with people. We bless you with boldness. The kind of boldness we've seen in you here, you will keep walking in there. We bless you with protection and favor for your family. Uh, that Abel and the next sibling on the way will experience favor and protection and blessing. And so now, brother, in Jesus' name, we launch you from Centerpoint Church with love and blessing and champion church. We declare to be a blessed church, uh, a, a part of our family by extension that we will honor and celebrate the testimonies of. We bless you, brother, to go in the strength and goodness and love of God, knowing that you're surrounded by people who love you here. So Father, bless them good. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people say, amen, 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 amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's stand up together and let's sing out together.